with me to Luke chapter 1. We'll be there in just a moment. Luke chapter 1. We've been in a series entitled Outflow, and we'll come back to that next week, but uh, I felt the Lord lead me in a little different direction for this morning. We'll be in Luke chapter 1 together, but uh, I, I can't help but revisit what we just sang. Our kids led us well today. It's all about you, Jesus. I, I want people to see you in me, Jesus. I, I need more of you and less of me. They were leading us in that direction. Reign in me, Jesus. Let you have your dwelling in me, have your way in me. Let it impact those around me. Did you hear them declare, it was cute, it was good, it was talented, but did you hear the truth? Who is like our Lord? No, 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 nobody. You saw it. Nobody is like our Lord. We joined in. There's no God like Jehovah. This God who there is none like, this God who we're focused on, this is the one who knows our name, who's up close and personal with us today. On this Mother's Day, I want us to look at Luke chapter 1. It's a text that we often see around Christmas time. But as, as we look at this mother of Christ, I believe this God who is like no other gods, this God who knows your name, wants to bring a word of encouragement to you today. Look with me at Luke chapter 1. I'll start at verse 26. We'll go through the next 12 verses together. In the sixth month, God sent his angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary. The angel went to her and said, Greetings, you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. I love in this next verse just the honest humanity of Mary. Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. It's not every day that she has an angel, the Lord, appear to her. It's not every day that there's this declaration, you who are highly favored, the Lord is with you. What is this? What, what, what's coming after this? She was a little concerned. What, what, what does this mean, I'm highly favored? What does this mean, the Lord is with me? Look at verse 30. But an angel said to her, do not be afraid, Mary. You have found favor with God. You will be with child and give birth to a son. You are to give him the name Jesus he will be great and be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. His kingdom will never end. How will this be, Mary asked, since I'm a virgin? The angel answered, the Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. Even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her old age, and she who was said to be barren is in her sixth month, for nothing is impossible with God. Verse 38, I am the Lord's servant, Mary answered. May it be to me as you have said. Then the angel left her. Let's pray together. Lord, as we come to your scriptures, we don't want just to talk. We're not desiring just to have a rah-rah speech. Lord, we claim what the scriptures say. Jesus, what you quoted, man 
does not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. So, Lord, we're here ready to feast on the truth that you have for us in your word. Would you open our eyes, would you open our hearts to to not only hear, to not only see, but, Lord, to receive and to put into practice what it is you want to say to us today. It's in your name I pray. Amen and amen. If you follow God for any length of time, you found that you need to expect difficulties. Expect challenges in life. That's what happens in the Christian life. I'd love to tell you that everything is rosy and perfect when you come to Jesus, but that's not how it is. There's often challenges. We know that one of the ways that the Lord grows us is through these challenges, through these circumstances that we don't like. He wants to use them to work in us. But when God unexpectedly asks you or I to step out, to step out in faith in a way that jeopardizes our comfort, step out in faith in a way that jeopardizes our very well-being, it's our temptation often to resist, to hold back, to say, I'm not sure, not now, God, and even resist when he is asking us to play a significant part, a significant role in his plan. It's hard to imagine God making any request more extreme than what he asked of Mary here in this text. As she went about her ordinary day, God dispatched this angel Gabriel, his divine messenger, to announce that he had chosen to use a earthly woman as a mother to bring the Messiah in to the world. And he had chosen her. In spite of her bewilderment, this divine encounter that perplexed her, she even continued, even though she didn't understand, with humility, with submission, and with praise. She must have known that these events, as they were unfolding before her, would bring ridicule upon her. It would bring shame upon her. She wasn't married. Her town was close-knit. It was a small community. People talked. They would know what was going on. And if she is going to be with child, if she's going to be pregnant, and she's not married, she's never been with Joseph, these are going to be bad things for Joseph. It could be bad things for her. Her mind had to have gone between, well, what will Joseph think? He knows that we've never been together like this. Well, what's going to happen? But yet, in the midst of what she didn't understand, she not only submitted, she not only obeyed, it was a wholehearted yes, I am your servant. Friend, God calls each of us to play a part in His divine plan. God has a uniqueness. He called a very unique calling for Mary. It's not going to be the same one for you, but he has a plan for you. And the first word of encouragement I think we can find in this text is this. Don't be surprised when God surprises you. What do you mean? Imagine Mary's surprise when the angel gave to her this assignment of being Jesus' earthly mother. Imagine that surprise. Still to this day, we marvel at God's decision to use a teenage girl to be the mother of the Messiah. Wouldn't it have made more sense to find some other woman, some more experienced woman, some woman who had children, some woman who had some standing in the community, some woman who had maybe a stronger support system? But God is a God of surprises. He loves to take ordinary people, he loves to take ordinary things and do the extraordinary. That's his track record. That's what he loves to do. Now think about this. Our creative God, the one who created all things, seldom does he do the same thing the exact same way twice. 
The Savior of the world was born to this quiet Palestinian girl who was a virgin. This is amazing. It's this one-of-a-kind, unique movement of God that should perplex us. Now, often, we think about the announcement that went to the shepherds. It didn't go to the kings. That, that's different. We think of this birth in a manger, not in a palace. That's different. We think of this riding of, of Mary and Joseph and riding in on a donkey, not on this, this white horse. That's different. But it pales in comparison to this amazing thing of Jesus born of a virgin. This miraculous work of God, it was absolutely surprising. There is no way. What chance would you and I have to ever imagine or to guess that this is how God would bring his son into the world? There's no chance. We could never have dreamed it up. We could never have imagined it. Neither could have Mary. She was surprised. But as we walk with God, as we follow him, we should not be surprised when God chooses to surprise us. Our exciting, our creative, exhilarating God loves to act in fresh, new ways. He loves to involve his children in his plan. I don't know why God chooses to do that, but often he wants to use you and me and his plan to get his will done. The one who designs every snowflake differently. The one who makes every fingerprint unique can hardly be expected to do anything less when it comes to the plan for your life. Don't be surprised when God wants to surprise you. All this means that you and I should keep our eyes open. We should be looking for a fresh new surprise from the Lord. We should be open to Him using us in His divine plan. Friend, when He leads you to that unlikely place, when you find yourself in the midst of the unexpected, look to Him. Something big is just around the corner. Be encouraged. Don't be surprised when God wants to surprise you. Well, Brady, that's what He did with Mary. This is the mother of Jesus. Pure in a blue robe and this white and blue hat. That's what I saw in the pageants. That's what she looks like. She's pure. She's just perfect. Hey, hey, friend, Mary was not perfect. Only Jesus was the one who was born of this immaculate conception, this divine conception. Mary wasn't. She was born into sin just like you and just like me. She wasn't perfect. But yet the Lord made her perfect for her purpose. The Greek uses the word perfect as teleos, to made to be made perfect or to be perfected for our purpose. That's what it was in Mary. I came across this from uh, Ben Carson's book, uh, Gifted Hands. It stood out to me about our ideas of what a perfect mother could or should be. Dr. Benjamin Carson, renowned surgeon at John Hopkins, tells a moving story about his mother, Mrs. Carson. She insisted that Ben and his brother Curtis would write a book report every couple of weeks when they were growing up. It wasn't for school. This was for their mom. It was mom's assignment that she gave. Ben and Curtis dutifully obeyed. They knew mom said it, she meant it, and they would do it. About the time he was a junior in high school, Ben finally realized something very shocking about these assignments. His mother couldn't read. For years, Ben had been reading books and scratching out reports, assuming that his mom was checking every word, but she didn't have a clue of what he was writing. Now get this. Raised by an illiterate mother, Ben grew up to be a world-famous surgeon who was featured in many articles, author of several books. His illiterate mom 
She was not wringing her hands and fret and worry and saying, I have no way to raise intelligent boys. No, she gave them what she had, her interest, her love. She gave them accountability. She gave them courage and she demanded work from them. Despite the fact that this mom couldn't read, she could lead her sons into things greater than what she could imagine. Despite the fact that Mary was the mother of Jesus, she was not perfect. God chose Mary not because of her education, because apparently she didn't have much. He didn't choose her because of her wealth, because most likely she was very poor. He certainly did not choose her because of her experience. We know for certain that she was very young. God chose Mary because he wanted to. Don't be surprised when God surprises you. Well, Brady, there's got to be some broader, bigger picture. Well, there's things we can see in her obedience and her willingness, but but wait wait a minute. God chose Mary because he wanted to. He loves taking the things that are lowly and humble and doing amazing things through them. It's all throughout his word. Friend, don't be surprised when God wants to surprise you and use you in a plan that's bigger than what you could ever imagine. Do you trust God enough to let him surprise you? His way, his surprises are always filled with blessings. Don't be surprised when God surprises you. Second, here's another word of encouragement. Absolutely nothing is too hard for God. The kids sing it. Who is like the Lord? Nobody. Why? There's no God like Jehovah. Why? Because there is nothing that is too hard for him. He could do anything that is in his will. He has the power to do it. See, many of us, when we are faced with a problem, our first response is to turn and run. And rarely is that the best choice. Mary could have seen her situation as the greatest problem to ever come upon her, but through the Lord and the message from the angel, she embraced a new perspective that came from heaven. She saw this not as a problem, but as a great possibility for God to use her. The angel assured her that nothing was too hard for God. Nothing is impossible with God. See, there's no degree of difficulty for God. No big thing that's, that's harder than some small thing for God. In spite of the problems that we see and, and how they seemingly have these gradients of difficulties for us, don't misunderstand, there's nothing that's hard than harder than hardest for God. He wills it and it happens. He can do anything that He sees fit to do. Whatever size of the problem that is before you, whatever difficulty you face, remember that it's just as easy for God to solve that problem as any other problem. As easy as it is for God to bring about human life when He uses a man and a woman and he creates life from the two of them, millions of babies each year. He'll do that in his creative process that he's put together in creation. He could just as easy bring life out of a woman and leave man completely out of it. It wasn't harder for him. This is what he willed, and this is what took place. Absolutely nothing is too hard for God. See, when we're faced with problems, we often begin to think, well, I don't know if I can do it. How much is this going to cost? How long will this take? What will the fallout be? We need to be reminded again today, friend, that God never frets, He never worries. When you and I are called to be a part of His plan, He doesn't wait for you and I to figure it out and solve it. He just says, will you be a participant? There's no panic button in heaven. 
Consider how big the problem of sin is that separates us from God. He gave free will to man and woman, and they chose to go against him. Sin came into this world, and we begin to see this separation between us and God, this huge problem. It didn't, it didn't make God sweat. He didn't go, oh, I have no idea what to do. Oh, he made the great sacrifice. It was serious. It wasn't light, but he wasn't worried. He didn't say, well, I don't know what to do. He had a perfect plan in giving his son Jesus to die in our place. You see, the same God who arranged the stars in the heavens is the same God who provided a Savior to solve your sin problem and my sin problem. The next time you're tempted to be discouraged by anxieties, worries of this life, remember that your Heavenly Father is one who says, nothing is impossible for me. It kind of sounds like a bumper sticker slogan and kind of a good mantra of of something. And and you go, is there any power in that? Look at your Bible right there. The angel declared the truth, the word of the Lord. Nothing is impossible for God. There's nothing that he's afraid of. There's nothing he cannot do when it is his plan. He will supply the power for it to take place. Don't be surprised when God wants to surprise you and use you. Absolutely nothing is too hard. Third, remember and be encouraged that God will stop at nothing to accomplish his will in you and through you. Mary discovered that God had a plan custom made just for her. His plan for our life, it's not automatic. It's not just happening without our participation. No, Mary had to cooperate, submit, surrender, and obey. We do as well. But we can be assured that He will not stop at anything to complete what it is He started to do. Take us beyond what we could ever imagine. Do you think Gideon expected to go from a farmer to a fighter? Do you think that David expected to go from a shepherd to a king? What about Paul moving from a prosecutor to a preacher? I don't think they had any idea, but God found someone that he could work through, not because of how they helped him out, but because they understood he was the help and he could work through them. God will stop at nothing to accomplish his will through you and in you. Learning that Mary would now give birth as a virgin to this Christ child, She responds in some following verses, My God and my Savior. See, part of what Jesus was going to complete for the whole world, He was going to do in Mary, her very self, bring salvation to her soul. Mary needed a Savior too. Mary was precious, but she was also sinful, just like you and I. It was only Jesus, not Mary, who had this miraculous conception. This life that was put into Mary was divinely of the Father. He said, I'm going to do whatever it takes to bring wholeness and health for Mary. I'm going to do whatever it takes to bring wholeness and health for the world through Mary's obedience. Friend, but I think this is what happens to us. When things are going well in our life, we can easily slip into this spiritual lull, a nap. We had this lullaby during the offering. I almost slipped into a nap. It's good. I want to make notes. It's dangerous to do a lullaby before a sermon. <laughs> I'm going to wake you up. Make sure you're awake. We can, we can slip into this state of slumber. Things can get so comfortable. And we begin to see God, this cosmic being, is in the background somewhere. This all but almost invisible divine safety net that's just kind of there in case we fall off the high wire. But we're doing all the work ourselves. 
But the reality is, when we really look at it, when we honestly look at what God is doing at work in the world and in our life, we need more than just some kind of background safety net. We need to be dependent on His power every single moment. Rarely do I see a path where God is moving that is so easy, that there's no obstacles. Hey, friend, don't be surprised when God wants to surprise you and involve you in His divine plan. Remember that nothing is too hard for God. And don't forget, God will not stop for anything to complete His work in you and through you. See, in accepting this unique blessing that God offered Mary, she put aside her life. She surrendered her body. She expressed utter faith and obedience, but even in her action of cooperating, there was no power in that. It was in the power of what God chose to do in and through Mary. As we come to a close this morning, those are the encouraging things. Well, what, what do we do? How do we receive that? What do we do with this? If you read the verses following, Mary says, I am your servant. I say yes to you, but after she says yes to Jesus, I'm not going to be surprised anymore that you want to use me. I'm going to see that nothing's impossible for you. I'm going to see that you're going to stop at nothing to accomplish what you want. Her yes, the Lord took her to Elizabeth and brought confirmation in her heart. She shows up to Elizabeth and Elizabeth says, Oh, blessed woman. As if she had all the details that she was carrying the Christ child. There was confirmation in her heart that God was doing in her what he said he would do. And then, if you want to like totally mess up your mother's day, read that response of this teenage mom. That song. Where did this come from? This beautiful lyric of praise to the Lord. It starts with saying, God, you are my salvation. You are the one who brings hope to me. And then it praises him for who he is, how magnificent he is. And then it goes beyond herself. What teenage mom can think beyond the crisis of their own plight? And she talks about the goodness of what's going on for all of the people of Israel and for all mankind. See, here's what I think it is. The Lord wants to encourage you today. Mom, dad, or non-mom, non-dad. I think it's everybody. You're one of those four. That he wants to use you. He has a perfect plan for your life. He wants to involve you into that. And you don't need to argue, I'm not good enough. I don't have enough what it takes. He says, I know. Well, why would he choose me? He just chose. He wants to work in you. It's too hard. The circumstances, nothing is impossible for him. He won't stop at anything to complete it. Well, what do I do with this? We just have to say, yes. Yes, Jesus, I'm your servant. Yes, Jesus, I surrender to you. And you know what he's going to do? He's going to bring affirmation to you in moments like this from another brother or sister that God is working in your life. And before you understand it, you think Mary understood everything that was going to take place before she wrote this song of praise? Not a chance. She began letting out of her mouth come the praise of this God she was trusting that she didn't understand. Oh, that brings encouragement to my heart. Church, would you stand with me? As we respond to the word of the Lord today, I want to invite you to just say yes to Jesus right where you're at. Jesus, whatever it is you're asking of me, whatever surprise you have for me, it would, it would blow my mind. If you want to use me, I just say yes to you. Affirm in your heart that it's not impossible. Affirm in your heart he won't stop until he completes it. But after you say yes... I believe in this environment the Lord wants to bring confirmation to your heart that He's going to use you.
But there's something powerful when you let it come out of your mouth. Praise to your God, who you trust, even when you don't understand. Let's respond by lifting our voice.